Welcome to Law Light, a quick dose of legal levity as we shine some light on the heartbeat of the legal field. I'm Melinda Delmonico, CEO of Gibson Arnold and Associates. And today I have the pleasure of being joined by Elizabeth Matthews, the general counsel of Total Energies. And Elizabeth joins us for a women in leadership series for in-house counsel. Uh, Elizabeth Matthews is a proven executive leader, businesswoman and strategist in legal ethics, compliance, human resources and governance. She has significant expertise working in the international cross-cultural setting as the Deputy U.S. Managing Director and Executive Vice President, General Counsel and Corporate Secretary for French energy major Total Energies. Ms. Matthews is a member of the executive team, um, is responsible for the company's strategic direction and management, including its focus on sustainability and ESG performance. She's responsible for the company's legal and ethics functions and coordinates all US-wide shared service functions such as security, communication, and IT. Prior to joining the company, Ms. Matthews worked for over 11 years at Chevron, including for Chevron's downstream and upstream businesses, as well as for the corporate headquarters. She also served in a general counsel role for Chevron Energy Technology Company. Early in her career, Ms. Matthews worked at a nationally known, nationally known law firms in Washington, DC, and in this capacity, she supported major organizations and Fortune 500 companies. She graduated from Yale University and received her JD from Harvard Law School. And the other part about Ms. Matthews is that she's experienced in leading significant nonprofit boards, and she served on boards for the World Affairs Council of Houston, the American Hospital of Paris Foundation, the advisory board of the Houston Women's Energy Network and the board of the Texas General Counsel Forum and as president and board member of the Total Energy's U.S. Women's Network and executive sponsor of the Total's U.S. Diversity, Inclusion and Equity Committee. So I am absolutely delighted to have Elizabeth Matthews on our program today. And Elizabeth, I welcome you. Thank you so much, Melinda. So where I'd like to begin in this discussion is, can you, can you tell us a little bit about your current role in your organization? Sure. So, um, so as you noted, I'm the, the Deputy Manager, Managing Director and also the General Counsel for uh, Total Energies in the U.S. Um, Total Energies, as, as you, you probably know, we're um, a French energy major. So um, we do all sorts of um, energy work across the world, including in the U.S. So we have the whole energy value chain. We have exploration and production, gas and power, trading and shipping, refining and chemicals, and, and growing renewables business in the United States. And I'm really curious. So you, you, your history and your path, you started out in law firms and then you moved into corporate America. How did you get into law to begin with? And, and was this, you know, how did this path unfold for you? So I had always thought about becoming a lawyer because um, I had several lawyers in my family. My dad was a lawyer and my uncle was a lawyer. Um, but I, unlike them, who they were litigators, um, I was really always interested in being a corporate lawyer and being part of a business. 
So um, when, it, when I went into my initial private practice, um, I chose labor and employment law and litigation because I wanted a type of law that I thought would lead to an in-house practice. And it, it turned out to be true because um, I always had had um, a real passion for being part of a business. Um, the one thing that I, you know, there are many great things about being at a law firm, but one thing I didn't really like was you were always a little bit, um, you were called at the last minute when the business um, had a problem and you weren't really proactive and part of the business and helping the business to achieve its strategy. So um, I always thought I wanted to be in-house and um, was, you know, glad eventually that worked out. And so when you think about that path, do you, did you shape your career or did your career shape you? Yeah, it's, it's a mix of both. Um, you know, I shaped my career in the sense that I that I made choices that helped direct me where I wanted to go. So, you know, as I mentioned, I I chose labor and employment because I knew that that was a skill that would be helpful in house. Um, but but to some extent, my career shaped me as well. I mean, I think like many people, I had visions of my career path at the beginning, and I always wanted to be in house. I always wanted to be a general counsel. But a lot of the steps along the way were opportunities that just happened to come up. And I took those opportunities. Um, They weren't necessarily the path that I thought I was going to take, but they actually ended up being great, um, you know, great experiences and really helped lead me to where I am today. You know, it's interesting you talk about the opportunities. And I'm curious, with those opportunities, was um, was there a mentor or someone within the organizations moving you moving you forward or was it life kind of arising and that those opportunities just showed up? It was it was really having a mentor. Um, I mean certainly when I when I first came in house, um, I was put in a job that I really didn't have any experience doing. I had, as I mentioned, I had done labor and employment, but when I first joined a company, um, their main need was for transactional work. So all of a sudden I learned to be a, a refining and chemicals transactional attorney, which was something that I had no experience in, but I was so lucky um, to have a wonderful mentor in that role. And I learned so much from him and, and was able to really develop into, into a transactional lawyer. And then along the way, you know, I was very lucky that there were, were people that that you know saw opportunities for me and suggested that I pursue them or put me into them, and it really helped me grow. And and so where you are today as a general counsel, how did you how did that path unfold to become general counsel? How did you end up at Total? Yeah, you know, I think it's it's a it's a good message about the power of networks because I'm um, actually you know was was very happy at Chevron, but um, I received a call one day from a friend of mine who. Um, was a friend from law school, but had become a recruiter and was no longer a practicing lawyer. And she called about this role and it was, you know, a fantastic opportunity. And I trusted her, of course, um, and pursued it and got it. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a testament to, to networks and to, you know, keep those relationships because you never know when opportunities will arise. You know, and it's really, it is, it is kind of a beautiful path because I, I talk with people on a daily basis that are wanting potentially to shift jobs. And, and one thing we talk about is the idea of running towards something versus away from something. And, you know, it, 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 there's, there is a certain level of um, energetic growth, so to speak, in a career when you're going to something versus needing to go away from something, because it can be a mixed bag, right? Companies get merged, they, they get purchased, or situations change. But, but, it, but it's nice when, the, when it unfolds in this really beautiful way where opportunities present themselves. 
Absolutely. And, and, you know, what, one thing I've learned is to, when those opportunities present themselves is to take them and to, you know, to not, not be afraid. I mean, obviously you, you want to make wise decisions, but, but, so, you know, sometimes opportunities that, that sound really challenging can be the best ones for you. Yeah. And on that note, I mean, that's, that is, that is a, a really uh, beautiful point about not, not being in fear about stepping forward, right? What other career learnings have you had? Because that to me, seems like a significant one. Yeah, that, I think that that's, that's one of the, the most important learnings I've had. And it was really by being tapped and kind of put in these different roles that, you know, some of them I really didn't have the background or experience for and taking that challenge and learning to be successful in those roles. Um, you know, I think another, another learning for me has been the power of sponsorship, you know, not just mentoring, but sponsorship. Um, you know, I, I've, I've had a, a couple of people in my career who, um, you know, I think that they saw things in me that I didn't even see in myself and gave me opportunities that, that perhaps I wouldn't have even pursued. Um, for example, when I was at, you know, in the energy technology role, I had, I was asked to take on and part a business role. And that's something I'd never done before. Um, but it was, it was a great learning to me to, to be working in the business and leading a team of, of non-legal folks. And I learned a tremendous amount. It's, it's a role I would not, I would not have ever thought about doing, but, you know, someone, someone who I was working for, I think saw that I could do it and gave me that opportunity. So I think it, you know, it's great to have mentors, but it's really wonderful if you can find people who will be your advocates and sponsors. Yeah, that's an, it's an interesting thought too, because you're 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 talking about the opportunity for growth within an organization or potentially outside of an organization. For new lawyers coming out of law school and positioning themselves in their career, when you look at that, that those qualities for success, what are some of the things that create success? Um, in a career. It's like, how do you put position yourself to be sponsored? Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, obviously being a great lawyer, being hardworking, um, but also, you know, being a team player, people that get along well with, with the other colleagues on the team and also the business clients. And then I, I really appreciate the folks that are willing to, um, you know, we have a relatively small legal department. So people who are willing to do anything that needs to be done, the people that raise their hand and say, you know, I'm, I'm willing to help run the budget process or, or some, some of the challenges or projects that, that don't have a clear owner, people that are willing to do that really stand out in my mind. Yeah. And I, I feel like that is kind of an important aspect because I, I noticed that in the energy industry as a whole, when when bonuses are paid out, and this is feedback I received from some of the in-house lawyers, a lot of times the lawyers that are in the high exposure areas to the clients end up with a higher bonus because they've been on big projects and they've been recognized. And then you have the labor and employment lawyer who's been in the background saving the company money, and maybe they're not as recognized. Um, and it seems to me like what you're saying might be a great way to, to have that exposure a little more by stepping up further and offering. What are your thoughts on that? No, absolutely. I think that's true. And, you know, if, if you can be the person that that helps your manager or your GC out, um, regardless of what they need help with, um, you know, it could be on a big M&A project, it could be on, you know, doing the budget, um, those folks are invaluable. And, and of course, um, you know, the, the, the people that really, I also appreciate the people who 
are really thinking about what's best for the company and the legal team and not necessarily what's best for their career. Um, I, you know, I have I have one attorney on my team who she's just wonderful because she she can give me advice on say restructuring the department in ways that you know maybe maybe are not as good for her but she can look beyond herself and see what's best for the department and for the company so the people that can help you think in that way are really valuable so on the topic you kind of shifting over to women in leadership what are when you think about successful women and how they lead as well as some of the challenges what are your thoughts about that well, I, I think that, um, you know, that women have, you know, there's, there are some advantages for women and there are some disadvantages. I mean, and of course, you know, a disclaimer, like, right, obviously all women are different and, you know, no, there's no real stereotype of a woman, but um, I think, you know, women, women in general, um, I think, you know, can do a nice job of, um, you know, building relationships, um, you know, supporting people on the team. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, being, being a little bit of less, less competitive and more of like a servant leader. Um, I, you know, I see women doing a really good job of that. And, you know, especially I noticed this during COVID, um, you know, women can do a great job of like leading compassionately and in times of stress, I mean, especially in the pandemic, um, you know, some, I think some of our strongest leaders were women because they could, understand the challenges that people were undergoing, you know, trying to balance, like, you know, taking care of their children and doing their job. And so the, the leaders that showed compassion and support during those times, you think earned a lot of loyalty. Um, obviously, there are, are challenges, of course, to being a, a female leader as well. And um, I think there's still some some stereotypes that, that are true that, you know, sometimes you get talked over in meetings or, you um, you know, the, the men can can be more confident in their own abilities. And, um, you know, you know the, the stereotype of men will apply for a job when they only have like 50 percent of the skills and maybe women will will not raise their hand until they have 90 percent. Um, I think there is still some truth to those challenges. And in those situations um, when because I think that, you know, it, it, well, in a lot of industries, but again, in, oil, in the oil and gas industry, I know there's more women getting into senior leadership roles, but it's still a little bit lean. If you were, when you find yourself in a room where you're the only woman, any advice or how, well, how, how what, what that, what that feels like and what you, what, what steps you, you should be considering or thinking about? Yeah. You know, often I don't even notice it because it happens a lot. Um, and I do think it helps when you have, if you have like two, but especially three women, I noticed that dynamics change incredibly. Um, but, you know, if you are the only woman, say on a leadership team, um, you know, one thing that I found is really helpful is, is building the relationships with people one-on-one, -on -one. because if you have relationships with, in that case, the men and they're in your corner, if you're trying to push through an initiative, but you've talked to, you know, Joe and John and, and all those folks are going to support you at the table. That's really important. So, I mean, for, for me, I've tried to build relationships one-on-one. -on -one. So what factors make a great leader? You know, I think a lot of it is, you know, obviously setting a strategic vision, but also really your people management. Like how do you, how do you, you know, bring, have people bring their best you know, foot to the table? 
How do you develop people? How do you use their strengths? Um, how do you recognize your own weaknesses and compensate for them with people on your team? You know, so really using diversity and inclusion, um, broadly speaking, like looking at people, where they come from, what their talents are, and bringing the best of them together. Because I think you can achieve so much if you have a diverse group, you have everyone's talents, and especially if they feel fully included and can, can bring their true self to work, um, you can achieve so much. And, and so when you, um, when you think about, again, lawyers wanting to get into leadership role um, and, and into a general counsel role, any specific advice of things that they should be considering and doing to prepare for that? Yeah, I, I think one thing that's really helpful is trying to get exposure to, you know, a wide variety of areas of the law or the business. Um, so if you have the opportunity um, don't don't just stay in one area. You know, if you maybe come into a company as a litigator, take an opportunity to be a transactional lawyer. So the the wider experience you have, the better, because you're you're going to need all those skills at the GC level. And then also, you know, obviously, getting management experience, even if it's just managing a couple of people, it helps. And if you're the lawyer that is the trial lawyer, and you want that, what does that conversation look like with the general counsel? What, what, how do you approach a GC for wanting to expand your career when you know that you're totally being utilized and vital in this role? Yeah, you know, I think it's, it's letting the, the GC know that you're interested because the person may think that you're, you know, you're a fabulous litigator and perhaps that's what you want to do as your career. And so you might not be thought of when transactional roles come open. I think if you, if you make it known um, that's great. And then also be willing to take a lateral role. Sometimes if you're moving to a different function, you might go from being, you know, it's like a senior counsel litigator to a senior counsel transactional lawyer, but you might need to take that lateral step to move up to the AGC transactional. So I guess I wouldn't, I wouldn't let that hold you back. So tell me a little bit about your self-care routine. As we've talked about this, uh, all these different aspects of, of a role in leadership, but I Part of, I think, being successful is having a little bit of self-care. What does that look like for you? Absolutely. I think for, for me, the one component is, is exercise. I, I really like, um, I, I like to do some sort of exercise every day. So I'm um, like either walking or playing tennis or like strength training. And, and I enjoy it even better when I can do it with friends because then you kind of kill two birds with one stone, you get your exercise, but also, you know, you get the, the social enjoyment of being with friends or with family. So, um, so that's what I try and do. I try and like walk with friends or play tennis with friends. Um, I have a, a group of a couple friends um, with whom I do strength training once a week. Um, so I, I find that that's really, really helpful for self-care and just for your good mental health. Elizabeth, what inspires you? You know, I, I'm so inspired by by people, but especially women, I see who, especially those who are, um, you know, courageous, have taken on big roles, and especially those that have successfully balanced um, family and friends and their career. Because um, I think that still is one of the biggest challenges um, for me and probably for many women is the balancing of, you know, your, your family and your career. And, you know, it's something it's very hard to get right. Yeah. And, you know, I think the, the whole pandemic years that we've gone through, I think there's been a readjustment 
of how do we do that? Because it's so interesting, although we've moved to more of a hybrid and you look at, are you in the office or are you out of the office? But I'm also hearing about in the hybrid, people being called more fully and working even more hours from home. And so it's it's such a good point with this balance in our lives. It is. Yeah. I think that the, you know, the, the hybrid has been great in enabling more flexibility to work from home or, you know, say you have an event at your child's school and um, maybe not going to the office that day. But I think there's more times when you're on the phone at, you know, nine or 11 at night um, because there's there's less of a boundary between work and home. Elizabeth, thank you so much. I mean, the, the I think that you're an inspiration for a lot of women uh, with your career and what you've done. And I really appreciate the opportunity to learn more about it. Oh, thank you. I really enjoyed talking with you. So thank you to our guest, Elizabeth Matthews, for joining me today. And thank you so much for tuning in to Law Life from Gibson Arnold and Associates. Please like us and subscribe to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating to let us know how we're doing. We look forward to connecting with you again on our next episode. a brand new day and we'll be making history are you with me won't you stay we have come so far this is who we are and like the rising sun we have just begun to play our part this is the time we fall Lift your voice for